shocking secret. And welcome to the Trek Time Trek Show. We are here to give you all the latest news and information from the outside world. Because Shy has brought us the outside <laughs> sunshine, the joy of hope that is vitamin D. But no, I'm here with Auto with Stars and Shy's join us. Shy, where are you? I am in upstate New York, uh, near uh, in beautiful Masonville, New York, Ooh. on our little homestead property. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is my ribbon. This is, the, this is where I go to the ribbon. Beautiful day. It's sort of a nightmare ribbon where I, yeah, yeah. I'm just eternally building a, a tent platform, Amazing. a never-ending tent platform build. Yeah. You, you need to get your Trinitian rocket adjusted just so is the problem. Is there a statue of you just over there, is there? <laughs> just pointing to the side. Sort of reaching toward the future. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. So what's the plans? What's the plans with the deck? What what's what's going on here? Uh, I'm gonna do like a glamping setup here. Like mm. a ten by twenty glamping tent. There'll be a little porch here and then that's the uh, that way people can look out at this view. Look at that view, that's amazing. Um, 
Yeah, it's pretty beautiful, to be fair. It's gorgeous. I can't, I can't say it's it. not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I must say. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> anyway, how are you guys? We're good. We're good. Auto stars, how are you yeah, guys? Yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here, honestly. Like, I had a bit of a rough day at work and my feet hurt, but guess what? That means I just had to. I have a great excuse to sit down and talk mad shit about Star Trek for two hours. Indeed. You want me to rub your little piggies? Never say that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> Which piggy is your favorite? <laughs> this little one. Or this little one. Mm. Anyway, we the have... The one that to market and got chucked to bits. That's the one. <laughs> this little piggy is now in all your bacon rolls. Uh, okay, we got a fair bit to go through this uh, this month. So, uh, lots coming up, including some digital releases, some updates on Discovery. Uh, uh, do you guys like getting decked? I'm going to explain that to you later, and it doesn't involve. I mean, Shy, Shy does. Shy loves getting decked. He's been getting <laughs> decked. Hey, look at that segue right there. Yeah, that is. We'll get onto that, um, and including some collaborations and some new games coming up. But first off, shall we announce that Strange New World season two, which has just finished, we are. I am saying, hey, hey, spoiler time. We can now talk about Strange New World season two. We have got our four hour review up on youtube if you want to go and look Is at it really four hours we Fuck went on me. for four hours it was it was a long dude we we cut about half the content that i had planned so we covered you can everything. watch four of the episodes of the goddamn show <laughs> yes but that yeah but our the, cutting opinions depending on it. which ones ours our, our stream might have actually been better so <laughs> Um, yeah, no, you're definitely right. We should watch the four-hour review rather than Under Cloak of War. <laughs> okay, let's I didn't do that. Say which ones? <laughs> so the good news is you have to watch the four-hour review to find that out. For those that haven't managed to watch it, or for those that want a copy of it, it is coming out on physical release. That means DVD, Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray on December the fifth. And yeah, Laserdisc, uh, Betamax, uh, a, a 190K MP3. A-track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. Uh, this is, this is our review you're talking about, right? Our four-hour review is coming out on yes. DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Full HD. <laughs> okay, so we, we, have have a, give... <laughs> we have a C2 giveaway code hidden somewhere in the stream, but you got to watch it to find yeah. out where we put it. Don't lie to them. <laughs> If you can count all the triples that we appear don't in the screen. money. <laughs> Sharp eyed um, viewers will anyway, notice. But, <laughs> but for real though, so I, I love two things about this. One, I love that we live in an era in which the gap between this is finished airing or releasing and this is now available for you to buy is so much shorter than it used to be. Do you remember when you had to wait like six to nine months for a Blu-ray or like a DVD oh, or God, it was even yeah. like a year? Like, and now it's like, cool, this was like four or five months. That's it. That's all the time it takes, and then it's out. And that's yeah. not even counting you'll probably be available on digital at the same time or even earlier. Um, secondly, as someone who does not have uh, Apple Plus, but has been interested in watching some of their projects, it's really nice to see you know, Paramount Plus actually putting out physical media as opposed to certain other companies that say, fuck you, go to our streaming service or die. Yeah, uh, like in, I know there's a lot of people, and especially lately with Prodigy disappearing, a lot of people have been going like, yes. "Yeah, we need physical." The other option is saying in the high seas. No one really wants to do that, so you know, it's nice that you can still get physical, you know, physical uh, discs that you can still watch your content. You know, it's, it's not yours, yeah. but you can still watch it. The weird mirrored uh, information of copyright laws and whatever it is, but yeah, no. So yeah. December fifth, you can get yourself uh, the digital, and they are still doing extras. I believe the 
season three of Picard one came out that has a lot of fun extras, uh, like the the full poker scene Look between real. the cast at the end yeah. is apparently on that, which I really want to watch. Um, that sounds mm. really fun. Uh, let us know in chat if you're going to be picking up a physical. If you're a physical, but do, stars, do you take more physical stuff? Because I'm completely digital now, but an auto as well. Um, so because I literally work in a shop in which we deal with physical mm. media, I do tend to grab a lot of the. I have like a stack of stuff down that I haven't even around watching. But it's like, mm. guess what? It's not going anywhere. It won't get taken off of any streaming service. It's just sitting no. there in Blu-ray form. It's not. People can talk about disc rot. I've never had a disc rot on me. I've got like, a disc I've worked from like at, uh, 1996 that I've still got working. Like it's. Mm. It's like, oh no, in the year like 2050, I'll have to worry about it. Whoops. Um, and it's like, I, I have been like genuinely considering grabbing the um, Stranger World season one box set because it has a ton of deleted scenes on it. Like, there's yeah. a six minute scene um, featuring you know, Pike's love interest and him as a lieutenant. Like, that's like, I, you know, I can see why they would cut it. It's like six mm. minutes out of the episode. That's not really necessary for the episode, but I still want to see it. I'm kind of interested to see. Like, I, I feel like that kind of heightens the enjoyment of a movie often when it's like seeing a director's cut or watching deleted scenes. You get to see what they chose and you get to make your own judgment of do I feel like this makes any difference? Do I feel like this adds to the scene? Do I feel like they were right to cut it? Like I have a director's cut of uh, Wrath of Khan that I watch and every now and then I, I remember, oh yeah, this is the director's cut because mm -hmm. it adds in certain bits of dialogue in the sick bay and various other bits and pieces or a slightly different cut of the regular one briefing scene. It's like it's not always a massive change, but it's, it's something I notice because I'm so familiar with the old one, and it's interesting to see. I don't know that that's what makes the difference between you know human-made media versus say AI media, where it's a case of you know someone had to choose that, someone shot that footage, someone said yes, that directorial choice was correct, and yes, I want it to be edited in this way, I want that take, that take, and that take, and it's just I know I like seeing that, and that's not something you can really As... get from like most digital releases don't come with that kind of shit. For, As Picard would say, it heightens one's appreciation for the genuine article. It does. It's true, actually. And streaming has its limits. You know, if you're yeah, on a bad connection, you're only going to get things down at, you know, sometimes blurry, sometimes great. If you're sharing connection, like, you want it in the full quality, you buy the disc. Yeah. It, it is a wonder that the streaming services haven't integrated blooper reels and director's commentary and cast commentary. Right? Yeah. It, it seems so easy. Yeah, like this was something I noticed when I when I was watching Glass Onion because I, I watched Glass Onion like four or five times. I was enjoying it so much, and then they said, "Oh, we've got um Ryan Johnson's like um commentary." And I thought, oh, I'd really love to watch, listen to that. Actually, I think Ryan Johnson's a really interesting filmmaker. I'd love to hear his thoughts on it. Oh, you, it's released on Spotify, and you have to listen to it while you're watching. I'm like, you're fucking Netflix. I have the ability to choose my audio options. Why can't I just go on a streaming service and change the audio, yeah. you assholes? What the hell? It is a weird phenomenon of the streaming service. Like, they can do it, they just don't. And I'm pretty sure they have the rights yeah. to do it. It's really weird. It's really odd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the only one that... Disney has uh, does great behind-the-scenes making of, yeah, of each of their series. Yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. So, so that's like, the one exception. Gabe Newell of Steam fame uh, nailed it years ago, probably a decade ago at this point, where he said piracy is a service problem. If you yeah. provide good content mm. uh, and good quality, then people will pay for it. And so uh, you asked, you know, how do you guys consume? Uh, for me, it's probably about 60% to 80% piracy mm. at this point. <laughs> I'll buy a subscription 
I'll buy a subscription if the quality is good and I can sit down on the couch, load it up, and watch what I want. But if, like, uh, Fraser, which is a show I love, they removed a bunch of scenes from that on Paramount Plus. I'm like, well, then I guess I'm going to go uh, find a pirated copy that has the original aired scenes in there. So, um, or if, or if, um, for example, when they removed all the movies from, like, this is your home for Star Trek. Oh, now we're going to remove yeah. all the movies. It's like, well, yeah. I guess I'm watching them somewhere else then. So, but yeah. the, the companies that do a quality job with their stream platform, uh, you know, it's easy to justify paying them. And, uh, you know, I had Netflix for years. I have Paramount Plus now. But uh, a lot of stuff I just pirate because it's faster and easier and there's not stuff missing. So, yeah. And it's more reliable. Like, I was um, watching some Paramount Plus um, episodes of. It was uh, Lower Decks. I was watching Lower Decks with uh, Marie and my, my good friend Marie, who will hopefully be arriving, uh, be uh, streaming with us over the weekend, which is cool. Um, and obviously, my partner Brody. And, like, Paramount Plus just refused to load. Mm. just refused to load multiple times and I had to restart my like my entire TV three times to get it to work and then I was like meanwhile you know Brody who has a pirated copy is just like and it's loaded it's like yeah guys come on yeah, I, pe- paid, peacock. I paid for the privilege peacock is especially terrible streaming service like I've never had a a smooth mm. quality experience with them so but are you excited yeah. for the new Fraser the new Fraser series streaming only on the cock Oh, is it only on uh, Peacock? I think so. I think it's exclusively streaming. Yeah, and oh, wow. and other pirating services. Mm. I, I, is that uh, is that the phrase they're using? They calling it the cock? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just heard, I heard that on another That's podcast, and I, I fell in love with it. So Dude, it's, you want to check out what's the on cock. the cock? <laughs> I, I'm I'm baffled that that didn't catch on as a marketing Dude, term. How could we go with track time when the cock was right there? We should have just. <laughs> Hey man, do you watch The Cock? No, I don't. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> I consume so much content from The Cock. <laughs> First time all right, all right. Yeah, no, it's already it's all downhill from here, folks. But it's like speaking of The then, Cock, like, uh, Walt mentions BBC, so that's also <laughs> a British broadcasting company. Good. But yes, um, but. That has limitations because I wanted to watch Life on Mars, which is a great series with Life John Sim and Philip Glenister from back in 2006. Um, yeah. And I wanted to watch it on BBC iPlayer, which is like, guess what? It's a old, you know, I can't imagine there's any argument about the rights for it. Got taken down the week I wanted to watch it. No. Fuck me, I guess. And it's, and it's like, and then it's like, cool, do you want to watch it on Amazon Prime? They've cut a ton of scenes. Like, Idol. Yeah. You, you know, Earth Billy with all the scenes with Zippy, you know, the fucking the puppet yeah, yeah, from yeah. the 80s? Mm hmm. Those Why? from that version? That's like a part of the nostalgia. It's like like that essential. was doing nostalgia before, like Stranger Things and things like that. That was well. It's, like, it's not only a part of nostalgia, but there's important character details and like a lot of like tension and yeah. dread in those scenes. It's like, why are you cutting this stuff? It's like, like Fraser, like um, what was it with like episodes of Fraser, like where it's like they cut out scenes. It's like no, or I know there was a big problem with the release of Simpsons on Disney Plus, where like they yeah. fucked with the aspect ratio and like they, t- they straight up lose jokes like mm. there's that bit where they go to the duff factory and you've got like the oh then this is where we have all of our different you know, recipes of duff and it's like the exact same thing going into three different nozzles <laughs> but it, like they fuck with the yeah, aspect ratio at such yeah. a point that like yeah you Pound can't even scanned, see the, the joke it's like you ruined mm. it yeah yeah. And then the like, other problems were the same with um like Buffy the Vampire Slayer when they did like the Blu-ray up blurry stuff out. Like guys, Are this, do it properly. This may be my this may be my only chance to reference this uh, on our stream, so I'm gonna do it in the the movie the movie Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> There's a scene where they're where they're learning to dance. 
and Gideon is the youngest brother. He's like a little paperweight. He's he's so tiny. Yeah. So every time he tries to you know jump in and, and get dancing, one of the bigger brothers throws him to the side like a rag doll. And so on on uh, on a narrower aspect ratio, you miss all that. But on the widescreen, where you know if you're watching it in theaters, you see him get like thrown around like a rag doll, and it is hilarious. So yeah, aspect yeah. ratio does matter. It does, and that's why yeah, actually grateful. super does. Yeah. I was very grateful that when they remastered TNG for the Blu-ray box set, so they kept it in four three. They didn't try and go, oh, we're going to pan scan and get it sixty nine or expand the frame. No, no keep it to the original my dad is a travesty he watches everything with the stretched if it's 4-3 he has it stretched he's like no it's got to fill the frame it's got to fill the frame I'm like no don't do that <laughs> guess no, what uh, Shia will, will appreciate guess what it's what it's what's outside the frame just as much as what's inside the frame <laughs> I was in a I was in a, like a graduate film school film short once and they screened mm. all the shorts from the class and all of them were in the wrong aspect ratio because they couldn't figure out the projector. And I'm like, you're freaking graduate <laughs> film school Film program. school, for fuck's sake. And you don't care about the aspect ratio that's being... Pre- it, was, it was not good. Incredible. It's like going to oh a God. technical college and the projector's broken and no one knows how to fix it. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, guess what? Physical media... Keep an eye on that shit. It's not that expensive for what you actually get. And as like, you know, I have like um, box sets of all the Star Trek movies, well, minus the Kelvin ones, and all the James Bond movies, minus the one I don't care about. Um, and guess what? I can just reach over and grab it and watch it whenever I mm. goddamn well like. No one can tell me, oh, it's been taken off the streaming service. Oh, we've cut XYZ scenes. Like, no, oh, I have yeah. them all there and they're in full HD. It's like, you, yes, they I have understand. A... It's inconvenient. What? Do they have the FBI piracy pre-roll? Oh, that's so good. You no, steal a car. No. <laughs> no. No, but they do have these funny little um uh menus where like you'll have like a an atmospheric like shot. It'll do like a bit of the instrumental music from the movie, and then a shadowy figure that's meant to be Bond walks in, does the gun barrel, and then it like turns into like various different scenes from the mm-hmm. thing and they're all playing and you get the audio and stuff like that. It's, it's, Really dorky shit, but I'm into it. <laughs> now, the old special edition releases, I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, guess what? Physical media is fucking supreme. I don't, I don't care. Like, I know it's inconvenient to have it all stored, and it's that so much easier to just downsize. But you, guess what? You suffer for that. I would say physical media, but then digitize it because I'm not a clutterer. That's, I don't want yeah. like big yeah. piles and stacks of stuff. But to to have it to own it after you pay yeah. for it is much better than absolutely. Than, yeah. No, renting yeah. a license or whatever BS they try to get yeah, away yeah. with. Bugger that. Anyway, that's that. enough about our old band ranting about the despecialized <laughs> editions of Star Wars. No, but, it, it, no, but it, it, it is a legitimate complaint because as time goes on, cultures change and people, what you decree as, as acceptable now is not acceptable in the future and might be cut and it doesn't preserve the integrity of the time the film is made in. There are concerns with that, you know, and there are mm. um, things can be Look, lost. Look, those are the only... Well, versions of Star Wars, the despecialized editions. Yes. Let's be clear. I knew that oh was going to get you. Right. No. Not, not to take this on <laughs> a Star Wars rant. For my, my daughter's eighth, eighth birthday, I was like, she's going to see the despecialized editions of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, the despecialized editions are great because like, I watched them originally. I was like, yeah. oh my god, I feel like I'm actually watching how it's supposed to be. Like, but anyway, enough Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's his show called again? Uh, uh, <laughs> four, four guys and and uh, a load of time and, and a deck. deck. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, four right. guys a deck and the cock. <laughs> 
that uh, <laughs> no that would be on the cock four guys and a dick <laughs> anyway <laughs> would you like to know would you like to hear some interesting tidbits from one jonathan frakes who has been uh talking Always. to has been Actually. interviewed recently do you remember uh, the tallest man <laughs> you've ever seen you ever notice how many restaurants are theme based these days that's right beyond beliefs very own jonathan frakes uh has oh he also he, oh, all right so i mentioned that that thing i saw in the rewatch private conversation i also uh uh there's a frake i think frake said it was beyond belief or something in, in one of the early seasons of tng i gotta write these down when i find them we're gonna do a super cut of all the future predicting stuff I'm sorry, that wasn't worth cutting in for. But no, that's fine. It was for Guess what? Let's talk about John LaFrace, which is always worthwhile. He has. He has been talking up Discovery Season 5, which he has been a bit more of a bit more cool. hands-on and more involved in. He says there is a brand new energy for Season 5. For people that don't know, Season 5 is coming out next year. He says Discovery, <laughs> by the way, is Indiana Jones this year instead of the heavy emo of Season Ooh. 4. Discovery is back on track as an action-adventure show, <laughs> and I guess they got their marching orders to maintain that everybody's embraced it from showrunners. Um, he says it's a thrilled to me to find some levity in those discovery scenes that's why first contact was successful because you build and just add a little levity let the steam out that's why deadpool is a fan fabulous franchise because it doesn't hurt the indiana jones is a perfect example nobody does that better than spielberg so it sounds like we're having a much more lighter much more fun series of discovery coming into season five Poot, honestly because like while i love discovery it can get a bit up its own ass at times yeah. and it's like the idea of like you know, uh, final season, let's cut loose. At times, guess what? I like the somber tone. I like season one mm, a lot, but at times I'm like, sometimes I want someone to crack a fucking smile. You know, mm. sometimes. So Nico Martin Green is a beautiful woman. Let her do the fucking drug bit from season three, episode one again. That I fucking so love good. that shit. Damn. Exactly. Get let her cut loose every now and then. Damn. The best I can bad. do is is three crying scenes per episode. Sorry, stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing like a trick podcast with four guys on it telling telling the lead of uh, Discovery to smile more. <laughs> oh. That's really the best. Hey, that's not fair. <laughs> we love Discovery. To be fair, we are talking to writers. I think yeah. in season five, the cast of Discovery is going to steal the Enterprise D and go confront the Borg. <laughs> uh, guess what? If we have another finale where it's all AI taking over Starfleet again, I'm going to have to send a letter to Paramount. That was the good thing about Discovery Season 4 because the ending was very refreshing for a, a, for a season of Star Trek. It was great how they handled it. It was... was it season season two with control yes, where they already that. had yeah, ai taking run. over starfleet so yeah lower deck season three they, they, they've um, already done that they don't need season to do three yeah and there's another one as well season one. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> what is a hater fan gonna do if like season three of picard they happen to love season five of discovery what if they're like oh this uh, is amazing their heads explode yeah. it's like scanners <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there is that sub. There is that faction of the fandom that will just never admit they like anything. <laughs> well, hey. no, but there's there's also yeah. going to be people that that will say that they do like it. Like I like seeing good Trek. So mm -hmm. if you've been with our channel for the last three and a half years, you've seen me get really excited about some stuff. You see me really like rag mm -hmm. on some stuff. So not everyone needs to love all Star no. Trek to be a fan of Ooh, the show, sure. which you know is fine, but. Yeah, it's kind of like, especially in, uh, not episodic, but sort of serialized TV, it kind of feels like albums. Sometimes you don't love a band's album, but you may like another album they do. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, you don't love season three of a show, but you like season five, so. Yeah. 
We but, should be yeah. welcoming everyone who likes any amount of it's Star true. Trek with open arms. But I'm excited for this. I'm I only like to... TAS. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll be coming on to that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to see that they're changing tracks from Galaxy Ending Threat to which, which to be fair, I, I you know I really like season four and. They set up. They explained it badly, saying "Galaxy Ending Threat," and people were like, "No, oh, not again." But actually, didn't turn out that way at all. But I, I'm looking forward to season five being a, a, a romp, an Indiana Jones type adventure. To see Discovery off sounds great fun because this is the last season as well. That sounds like a, a lot of good stuff. And yeah, yeah, go, guess what? go out on a high note. Why not? Burnham is probably going to save yeah. the day. That's Discovery. That's fine. That's that is that's just what. What's it is. a MacGuffin? It's yeah. <laughs> what do we think the MacGuffin is? Um, um, it's going to be the mummified corpse of, 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 of Picard again. <laughs> yes, they find it in Mexico. <laughs> it's been cremated and covered in a white powder. <laughs> uh, that's, that, that's topical. Oh, you can listen to that in five years' time and have no idea what we're talking about. Um, okay. Let's all storm Area 51. They can't stop us all. <laughs> That's Naruto run everywhere. Uh, Lower Decks <laughs> is back for season... These are all meta topics. Lower Decks has started. We are start of season four now. If you're on Paramount Plus, if you haven't watched any, if you've only watched a few, go watch it. It is classic. The first episode starts with a Voyager romp. Um, Talyn is now pretty much a main character, I think, um, from the episodes that I've seen. How are you guys finding, and in chat answer me as well, how are you guys finding season four of lower deck so far uh are we spoilering or not uh, spoiling? I mean, oh, spoiling absolutely i haven't seen the latest episode so okay. like guys yeah. i've only well i might have to drop out then so you can message me when we, uh, we won't spoil we can go over brief what? topics but yeah yeah no, no i thought i meant don't spoil i don't yeah. want to oh okay yeah. i thought you meant we, solid, uh, same, same comedy same high high quality uh, yeah yeah comedy as before there's some excellent stuff. Um, there is. I thought Talyn was voiced by Tawny Newsom the first couple of times oh, really? I saw her. No, yeah, because they do sound pretty similar. I could kind of hear it. I could kind of hear it. But you know, I've been quite enjoying it. Like, I've only watched the first two episodes. I still haven't watched the latest one. But like, um, no, I'm quite enjoying it. Like, like sorry, says it's the same high quality. Um, yeah, no, the the new addition to the um, opening credits is great. Yeah. Um, the whale probe. And yeah, no, I just. It's nice to see the character. I, I love. No. Yeah, well, okay. yeah, that thing that happened three times previously in every season. That's a spoiler. Um, and I just appreciate that they're continuing everyone's character development. Hmm. Uh, where they, the thing they did with the Rutherford, I really appreciated. I, I like that a lot. Um, hmm. Yeah, no, it's just it's continuing high quality. I'm wondering when you know the, the big overarching peanut hamper sized threat is going to come into play. But you know, I can, I can yeah. wait for that. I'm happy to just let things ride. So, so there the, is the thing. Go on. Sorry, go on. The thing for me with the animation is I I generally don't like it. I find it hard to make an emotional connection because it's just a cartoon. Like the voice alone mm. doesn't quite do it for me. So I gotta say, <laughs> fucking uh, episode seven of season two of Strange New Worlds, where they come to life and you see them interacting with the Strange mm. New Worlds cast. Mm. It's like okay, this actually Red added alarm. an important. Red alarm. Thank you, Red optimistic alarm. W for following. Thank you. It, it added an important dimension to their characters for me. So, like, I'm I'm a little more interested in what they do now and 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 where they go. And you know, they could kill them off, presumably anyone. So, uh, mm -hmm. I, I like it. 
so there is already the burgeoning shipping going on as any fans like to do between and this is the unlikely pairing of Tallinn and Boimler to some people I'm trying to work out what they would call this to 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 Oim, to Loimler Berlin to Boimler, Boimler? No, to Boimler, To Boimler. Uh, Not to Boimler. Yeah, that to Boimler. is the yeah. question. Um, or Boilin. Berlin. Yeah. And Boilin. Boilin. <laughs> Boilin. <laughs> yeah, okay. Why not? <laughs> Why make it overcomplicated? Like, guess what? Spurk works because it's just like an instant synergy. Like, Spurk? you need to go to Boimler. Was cock. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, that's the well, streaming service. Sorry. That's the streaming service. Absolutely. Um... <laughs> Shipping threads. Guess what, Nifty? You need to stop listening to the shipping forecast. That's all the yeah. problem is. <laughs> I'll never get you anywhere. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a big fan of sh- shipping either. Like, save it for the the non-canon stuff. Hey, listen. The, 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 got high seas. Hear the word shipping coming out of my mouth is uncertain. Listen, shipping's been around a long, long, long time. Go over to AO3.com and you'll it'll change your world. It honestly will. Um, I think I have six published works over there. Do you really? Oh Star Trek related, yeah. Can we, yeah. can we get you to find them and narrate them? Can that be a hair no. flip? Yes. No. I'm going to go find them. No. <laughs> Uh, guess what? You won't be able to find them because they're not in the fandom you expect. Mm, they are not Star Trek related. Wolf and take a blind stab in the dark. No, actually, Wolf completely wrong. Beast. Wolf and Beast, maybe? No, okay. Mm, anyway. You're getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sandwiches. Uh... Ooh, don't, don't tempt me. Mm. Um, okay. So. Coming up, uh, uh, you know, how thrilled were you? Guys, actually left. <laughs> how thrilled were you recently at the latest Star Trek Day celebrations from Paramount Plus? Wasn't it something um, for those that watched the 22-minute presentation uh, hosted by uh, one crap? I've forgotten his name. Ransom. Ransom. I'm actor. kidding. No, yeah. I wish. Uh, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Jerry O'Connell, thank you, Renarian. Um, Never gonna dance again. So, <laughs> guilty feet have got no rhythm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where's your saxophone? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he does own one. Well, I he know. did anyway. We've seen him play it. Um, so yeah, that the the Star Trek Day panel was very disappointing. But to be fair, we're in the middle of a writer strike. Else is new? It's not yeah exactly. It's not going to ride the highs of the last awful Star Trek Day Paramount has put out. Um, but but in New York Comic Con coming up on October the fourteenth, uh, <laughs> there is going to be a Star Trek Universe presentation. They say. Quote, the fan favourite Star Trek universe returns to New York Comic Con featuring a special advanced screening of an all new episode of the hit Paramount Plus original animated... They could really condense that down. A new episode of Lower Decks would have easily have done it. Plus more exciting reveals and surprises for Star Trek fans in attendance. Chat, guys, what do you think some of those reveals are? They've already said they're making a Section 31 movie. We already know that yep. Starfleet Academy is oops, is going to be a series. We know there's a mm-hmm. writer strike and an actor strike going on at the moment. What can they possibly say other than, oh yeah, we're going to commission Legacy? Oh, easy. Um, new video games. So we could get a sequel to Resurgence or something else. <laughs> yeah. Because they actually have realised people will buy video games about Star Trek, bizarrely enough, uh-huh. now that Infinite is also coming out. Um, comic books because they have gotten we're getting way more into that. They've been doing the Defiant show, uh, yeah. the Defiant series. Yeah, They've done that. Skill one. 
Yeah, like they decide to like throw a lot more money on that. Yeah, That's novels is an easy one. You can Damn, Spencer. <laughs> Damn, Spencer. Um, you can do like a million books. Like, guess what? Just throw any writer on it, they will do it. Um, uh, what else do you? I mean, they could just like throw any number of merch. Because guess what? Like, Star Trek merch is so goddamn rare that if you announce any of it, people are like. <gasps> I know, it's shocking. Like, you go to the Paramount Star Trek store, the Star Trek.com store, and it's like, you can buy a hoodie or a dressing gown. Like, no, no, I want a moopsie. Come on. <laughs> Dude, this, this, P- this POV of Shy on his knees leaning over me is getting me Bab's level of hot right now. I just want to... <laughs> I just want everyone to know this. Uh, I don't think any of that is considered universe. I don't know. I thought the, the universe does include all that stuff, and that's why mm. you say that rather than just television. But, yeah. What is Shai uh, doing? He's he's working on his uh, deck outside. Yeah. And he just got a shipment of lumber. So He did. We met the lumber guy. I'm building my lower deck. This is my dedication to the <laughs> Trek Time Star Trek podcast. <laughs> I'm podcasting while I'm building a deck. That's amazing. Your credit... Your, your, your... Ah, words have failed me. Credit where credit is due, yeah, madam. Like... You're a woman of not only breeding and wit and sagacity and etc. <laughs> and also photons. So, in in all serious, other than merch and comics, do you think they're actually going to finally release Legacy? Or they're going to announce that Legacy's actually going to come? Or do you think they're yeah, probably. something Well, there's no, way, there's no way they've shot anything for Legacy Absolutely yet. Absolutely not, but they'll, they'll probably come out and yeah, say, Yeah, they'll have oh, a logo. do it. Have a logo, yeah. For yeah. those of us who are not totally plugged into uh, oh, yes. behind-the-scenes stuff, what is Star Trek Legacy? Legacy is what Terry Matalas is calling the continuation of Star Trek Picard Season 3, which not obviously not involving Picard. Jonathan Frakes has talked up a lot of this, but it would follow uh, the adventures of the USS Enterprise-G with Captain Seven in command and presumably Raffi still, uh, Jack Crusher, um, and uh, I think Frakes has came out and said recently that he wants to be the Charlie's Angels Charlie of the uh, the Bosco of the group <laughs> and be the sort of the, the, cool. the admiral in the seat. Which we yeah, would yeah, be just the Admiral cool. Riker, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think Riker, he should be the angel in charlie's angels <laughs> he's an angel to us and it's a way of continuing the sort of the ethos of star trek uh picard season three of whether people like the nostalgia bait or not going through and giving these stories these new adventures but also having a bit of that legacy content and bringing characters back which you know could be fine could be good and i definitely want to see some captain seven so i thought a lot Kyra of says... season... oh, oh there you go no go ahead I was going to say, Kyra says there will definitely not be anything about Legacy as they need people like Le- uh, Terry involved. Guess what? Terry's they can release a logo strike. and say it's happening. Yeah, I don't think Terry's on strike because he's not an actor or a writer. Well, no, he is a writer, actually. Well, no, he would writer. be a yeah, showrunner, yeah. so that's right. Yeah. But that's the thing. You could literally just say, we're, we're doing yeah, it and put out a logo. That's all you it. require for an announcement. That's kind of why we've not heard anything more about Section 31 or Starfleet Academy is because, you know, no one's around to kind of write it at the moment, so they're not really... Nothing Nothing has advanced. And same with Season 3 of... Um, uh, Strangely Worlds. They've, I mean, um, Akiva Goldsman came out and said, "We're ready to go as soon as this stops. We're ready to just go straight in. You know, can carry on filming." So, be interesting to see what they actually come up with, or whether they come up with something new. I wonder no, if I... there will be new worlds that are strange mm. and maybe more aliens than none. Will Nicholas Meyer be there, shy to advertise his gun podcast? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Although I'm sure that's been thrown into shambles by by <laughs> Strange New World season two a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. But uh, you know, just because there's a writer strike doesn't mean that writers stop writing. So they could oh, be, yeah. they could have 
scripts banked up, ready to go mm. as soon as the assorted strikes end, hopefully. Mm. hopefully. It's kind of like freeze tag, where uh, no one gets to move again until SAG says unfreeze. Pretty much. Yep. Well, until, uh, yes, until I am, studios Turkey. agree. Yes, I am. <laughs> Which a lot of the... Uh, it's also made for a lot of awkward interviews and conversations recently with Trek yeah. alum where they try to dance around. They're like, hey, we're on your show to talk about but they can't say the name or they can't. You know, so. it, was, it was interesting Which, at the Star Trek it, it is what it is. That, that I went to in Birmingham recently because they all went up on stage and they were talking around it and they were like, very awkward, except for Christina Chong who just went, I've got a new album out. I'm going to talk about that. I've got something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I thought you were about to say she just broke a song and did Howard that feel <laughs> yeah no i don't think she'd be allowed to <laughs> but yeah uh so re regarding legacy i didn't really love uh, mm. i should say that the, the stuff i didn't really love about season three of picard was the the last few episodes how they switched into mm. the the threat arc and then the villains in general i thought were kind of yeah. weak but almost everything else about uh, the season i really enjoyed and i thought it was a big improvement over season two so there was a lot that they okay, did yeah. Uh, set the bones for that, that if they want to continue it in season four a lot of the in, well we'll call it season four a lot of the interpersonal yeah. stuff uh was really done well so i i think i'm a lot more heartened uh over what they could be doing versus if they'd cut it off at season two and then try to try to spend something off so hmm. um you didn't like amanda Plummer in season three no i, I really good didn't. but i thought she was underused she yeah hmm. She needed to conclude her arc other than just getting blown out an airlock. That was a bit like, oh, well, yeah, oh, she yeah. got she got upstaged, and but it's no, like, it guess what? Almost it. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of many instances where, like, apart from Zelda, where like you set up a bad guy for ninety percent of your product, and then you bait and switch at the very last second, and it's satisfying. Like, I can't think of any instance where that's really satisfying. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But I, I, you know, like you say, there are instances like, like if you're going to go for the nostalgia baiting thing, I liked what they did with, well, aside from killing her off, but I like what they did with Roe and Picard's interactions. If they had mo moments like Picard yeah. and Roe talking on the holodeck, I really like that, you know, where they kind of came to, they they kind of resolved the end of preemptive strike in, in a bar conversation. Dude, yeah. talking, talking is my favorite part of Star Trek. A and I know bit. it's kind of lame. Kinda is. But no, when it's, when it's no, done well. Talking is the most important part of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, when That's they do it well, it's it's so much better. The best action they've done, like, can't even compare. Maybe some of the DS9, like, ship battle mm. stuff, because it was a little All bit new contact, yeah. and fresh to have battles on that scale. But outside of that, it's always been, dude, just sit in a room and talk. And, and if it's having, written well, it's, it's... I was having this conversation with my dad recently, because we were talking about Foundation. And he, he's been watching the oh. new series. And I said, yeah, the, he said, yeah, they've taken some liberties with the book. I said, Dad, when was the last time you read the book? He's like, he, he goes, well, why couldn't it have been more like the book? I said, well... Have you read it recently? He goes, no. Well, literally most of the Foundation book is two men in a room talking, then it skips to another chapter, and it's two men in a room talking, and then it skips <laughs> to another chapter, and it's two men in a room talking. It's amazing. It's a great book because it has these galactic-wide scales, but mostly those scales are reduced down to two men in a room talking. And that's kind of like, that's one of peak sci-fi things, and it is literally dialogue. Um, so yeah, they took some liberties. So, call me a fake fan if you like, but... Um... What kind of have they done like a twelve Angry Men style one room kind of yeah, thing for the whole episode before? Of a man, really, that kind of thing. Yeah, but they moved no, well, but they moved around a lot. You mean one room, right? You're saying yeah, I mean like a one yeah, room, yeah. yeah. I don't think. I don't know. I think it's a good idea. Moonlight is probably close 
I mean, they did move around, but yeah, no, no, like one single room. Frame of mind is kind of close. Yeah, yeah, but they still have different sets there. I, I mean, that's something they could do. I think uh, and do it well. That'd be really good. So yeah. is that the one with Trip and Reed are trapped in the shuttle, oh, shuttle pod? Oh yeah, shuttle oh, pod. Yeah. I guess that's that's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. as press as close as you'll probably get. Yeah, because the like unless you set it all on the bridge and nowhere but the bridge, like it's kind of hard to Remember do that me? without maybe. No, they go all over the ship. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets bits on the start as well, I think. C E. Yeah. yeah. Different from our bottle Please. episode, because bottle episodes are just, we're just going to reuse our sets and just try and keep a dialogue. This I think you're talking about just all in one room and just, yeah, 12 Angry Men, yeah. for those that haven't watched it, is all set in the jury room, isn't it? And it, it's, it's brilliant. Watch it if you haven't. Yeah, if you're not. The original 1950s one, if you can, because it's it's a classic. I haven't watched the newer one. Oh, did they remake it? They, yeah. In... Who's in it? I think we've made it a couple of times. I don't know. We'd love to check IMDb. That's not Star Trek. I don't know. Has anything. an amazing <laughs> sketch about twelve angry. Well, A.B. Schumer has a sketch where it's twelve angry men discuss whether she deserves to be on television or not. I watch it. Parody. Twelve angry. Yeah. I everyone to go look at that. It's amazing. All right. Um. <laughs> Speaking of new content, speaking of animated, which I know we were a little bit earlier, but some very mm. short treks have now come out. Uh, there was, these were announced on Star Trek Day. Uh, they, were all, they were saying this is the 50th anniversary of the animated series, which I'm surprised they remembered it existed. Um, but no, in order to celebrate that, Casper Kelly of Too Many Cooks fame has written some very short treks, which are... I'm just going to stress this, they are non-canon, little adventures, about five minutes long, and they're up on YouTube now in the TAS animated style of the, uh, um... Oh, no, they're canon. <laughs> they really better not be. Um, <laughs> no, they're actually not. If you see, it's just funny, because he usually has legs. <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. So there are three out of the moment, we're going to talk about them a little bit. There is To Skin a Cat, there is The Holiday Party, and Worst Contact, which released literally a couple of hours ago today, if you've not watched them. Yeah. You should have um, given me a heads up so I could watch them all. I've, I've seen two of the three. Hmm. Uh, skin a Cat, uh... Kirk stumbles into some awkward wordplay on the bridge of the uh, Enterprise. It's not quite Kirk. It's, it's, well, it's yeah. the captain, according to the credits. Yeah, yeah it's a captain, but there's definitely Ethan Peck meant to be Kirk. As Ethan, featuring Ethan Peck as Spock as Kirk kind of navigates his way through a, a hilarious uh, set of um, odd Cosmic contrivances. Yeah, All right, metaphors. let's not spend longer than the actual episode talking <laughs> about the episode. Much. Yeah. I did like his like to skin three a cat. minutes each, by the way. Yeah, and I've seen some varying opinions on them. Um, they are. They, let me. How can I succinctly say this? The, the the humor is of a time or of a type. It's not subtle. It's very sort of two thousands YouTube skit a or like bit. I don't mind a like, certain era of SNL. Uh, you guys gave like nine out of ten to an episode that talked about memes and Duck Duck Go and shit like that. So if you want to talk about nine out of ten, well, whoever whoever gave it higher than a Might three, get the hell out of here. But you know, <laughs> oh, <hitchhiker. laughs> um, yeah, it's a cat holiday uh, party, which was Spock and I think Celia Rose Gooding was in that as well as yeah, she was, yeah, and Jess Bush. Um, Spock giving some slides, trying to explain humor in a very Joe Piscopo way. I thought. <laughs> I, I thought that one worked a lot better than Joe Piscopo ever did. <laughs> and then finally, like, and I don't say that as in just his appearance in that episode. I mean just in general. 
And then today's one, worst contact, which features Jonathan Frakes and Gates McFadden as they initiate worst contact on a planet uh, where people... And honestly, I... I have. I am pretty. I'm pretty happy with most things I watch. I'm fairly easygoing. I'll yeah. watch things and go. I like that. I kind of this last one I watch and go. Have I finally? Have I finally found a Star Trek I don't like? Is this my auto's discovery? Is this the thing that I will? <laughs> <laughs> is this the thing that people go? No, no, you're missing the point. I'm going. No, I don't give a shit. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do legitimately feel like a lot of these are like the guy came up with a joke and it's like, yeah, that's a funny joke. And then it got turned into a three to five minute mm. skit. And these jokes are not funny enough to justify a three to five minute skit. With the exception of the holiday party, because that's it's a bit more character humor. And there's mm. a bit more sort of like variation to it. And a little bit of like shock humor, which is like it varies up. Whereas like this newest one I watched, I was like, if this weren't Star Trek, I would turn this off within three seconds. Like straight <laughs> up. It's like Adult Swim, but without the nuance. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So I've only seen one and three. Uh, I la- I I saw worse contact today. I laughed uh, a couple times in that, and I liked it. Oh, like I just and it helps because it helps because they have the actual actors involved. That, They're yeah, not taking good. it seriously, so I'm not. You gonna you should seriously. watch the holiday party. Like, guess what? You it's, probably watch. Oh yeah, the I will. Yeah. Here. It's, um, it's not I think coming it's out of the best of them. It's yeah. not coming out of anyone's taxes. You're no, not obliged no. yeah. to watch it. They produce three minutes of content, and if you like it, you like it. If you don't, it's yeah. fine. And I think are you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that they're adding. Like it yeah, does. Yeah. Also, there there is such a thing as, and we talked about it even years ago, oversaturating the market, where it's like it's sometimes if it's not the highest quality stuff, it can kind of bring it down. I don't think it's that. It, it, this is that. Because no. they're not they're not like pushing it out or marketing it or doing it. Yeah, it's not like getting a DVD release. Like they're not yeah. even up on Paramount Plus. Well, you have to go to yeah. YouTube. That's it. Yeah. Well, you never know. I, I sure. like it. I, I hope they do more. I, I do. I, I think the thing that grossed I think the last one, it just it grossed me out. It just like yeah. all the boobs. Well, yes, the intention. The, the, yeah. Well, yeah. This face in the shot where he's like, oh, let me add some flavoring. And I'm like, ah, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop. I felt like, I felt like Crusher. I, I, just, I, I, did, I did laugh when Riker was like, whoops, oh, no. Yeah, wow, your warp call doesn't work. Well, we'll contact you. Well, bye. I didn't mind that. That was funny. But it's the, It was the microwave fish that I that really got. <laughs> it's quite funny because I at work I cook I cook rice and I put tinned fish in my rice. So I piss off everyone in the office. So I'm that guy. Maybe that's my it's the most relatable Star Trek. Idle, idle. Am I gonna? Can I change your mind on these? Apparently, the fourth one is gonna be written by Aaron Watke. Ooh, okay. You have changed my mind. So, and we, I think, by press nation, we have to assume this is probably the one with either Saru or Neelix because we haven't seen those ones. No, yet. we have seen Saru because he was in the last one. No, good. I think I'm pretty sure Saru was featured as like the, the main character. Oh, is he going to be have his own one? Interesting. Okay, I think so. Yeah, because mm. that was just a, a one-off joke in the uh, the TOS one. Which is so weird. It feels like they're he's... doing one of each. Each era. He, he, they did that flashback to Discovery, and he's in a season four uniform when everyone's in. And, and I was just like, "Is that's got to be an intentional joke?" It absolutely, it's got to be intentional. intentional. That's not like the 1960s. They don't make mistakes like that anymore. <laughs> they don't have a species of a race that are completely pink because the main color guy is colorblind, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like they did with Taz. I like what it says. It's like, yeah. it doesn't hurt the brand. No, it's no, just no, like no. a three-minute joke skit. It's like it's like watching a robot chicken skit. You'll you'll, you'll watch it. You'll oh, get them out. It'll be fine. Yeah, I think yeah, like robot chicken. There are good ones. There are bad ones. Like yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You have you have. I don't know though, opinion. man. If if they can make 
if they can make all of the animated series canon, they could they could make these canon. Like I feel like the animated and, series is canon now. Thanks to Lower Decks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. bring up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they can make that canon, they can make these little shorts canon too. I just want to see the memory alpha page about like booger. You know. <laughs> bogeys <laughs> uh, I think yeah. that, that was I mean to be fair I'll give it credit that was the one thing because you beam down this planet you think oh wow they've got funky wallpaper and then they reveal that and you're just like oh my god <laughs> no <laughs> so Trekkie TAS was not canon for the longest yeah. time and then they decided it was Gene um, partly like because of Discovery actually not, and then it wasn't until I think it wasn't until Lower Decks at the first season where they introduced... no Discovery was it Discovery? Well, yeah, because they bring up the Alice in Wonderland thing, which was exclusive to TAS. No, they, they made that canon. Alice in Wonderland in... Oh, what you mean Spock's relationship with Alice in Wonderland. Yes, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, because like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, um, Burnham brings it up in relation to her relationship with um, okay. Amanda and Spock, and it's like, that was explicitly only in TAS. So season two. So then, like, Discovery oh, was no, kind of the thing one. was the... No, season one, yeah. Because um, you start saying it in, like, episode three or four. Yeah. Um, like, that's when they kind of recanonized it, and then Lower Decks just started... You know, giant spot skeletons and all this bullshit. Like, yeah, like, like and yeah. Kazinti, even. Even well, yeah. though that's a weird legal, like, you know, kind of like, I think, thing. Yeah, TS yeah. is now canon. Um, is it, is it not, not Larry Nemechek? And Robert April um, as well. Yeah, Robert April. Yeah, definitely. Like, April um, wasn't technically canon until Strange New Worlds recanonized them. I think, cool. I think, yeah, it was, it was Gene Roddenberry that turned around and went, no, 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 this was just a fun aside. None of this is canon. I probably did it just to piss Walt Keenig off because he wrote an episode. Um, but. <laughs> Probably. I think most of it's probably because was kind of wasn't getting any money from it. Was probably more the inference. It's like, no, no. Yeah, he couldn't find it. a way to put lyrics to that funky theme song <laughs> and make money off it. That's a great theme song. I love the TS theme song. <laughs> Larry Niven, thank you, Watkinning. No, I think Larry Niven's. Larry kind of Niven's a cool guy. The yeah. fact that they had to, like, I think, what was it, Michael Shabon had to like contact him about that reference in because season one. He was like, yeah, sure, fuck it, why not? So. Cool. Anyway, it, it's a shame. Oh, speak of the devil! Literally, just gonna say. Uh, it's, I was gonna say, shame. Give me a deck so update. We're gonna, we're gonna be. We're gonna be getting decked. Have you been getting decked lately? Um, because Paramount Plus is gonna get us all decked. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna come to a point. There is. Do you write? Cast your mind back two years ago when Wordle was a thing. Do you remember Wordle? That thing that took over the, everyone's yes. life. Yes. Uh, there is now a lower decks themed. Yeah, hold on, Shy wants to tell you that it's still a thing and that you're wrong. Is it still Go a ahead, thing? Yeah, I don't is, know. Isn't it? I know connections is all the rage right now, but isn't Wordle still a thing? Don't people still play Wordle? I, I, anyway, Quirtle, I just remember it was huge, Opti and then New York Times bought it, and then I never heard of it again. But um, if you want to play the Wordle lower watch, decks watch, version watch. called Decked. Uh, I put the link in chat now. Paramount, play paramountplus.com slash D-E-C-K-D uh, and you can indeed play your daily decked <laughs> to play the, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's essentially it's a Wordle clone that Paramount's come up, which is quite cool. But I would have thought there may be a couple of years too late on this to kind of maybe uh, pick up the pieces. Yeah, get on your deck watch, 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 watch. <laughs> deck watch. So uh, I don't know what today's Everyone's is. Everyone's watching <laughs> to see what you will do. Actually, funny enough, that is today's deck. No, I don't know what today's deck is. I haven't played. I'm I'm actually pretty terrible at word games. Star, did did you get into the wordle thing, stars? Nah, not really my thing. No. Like I like a good game of Scrabble, but I'm not. I know it's, uh, the guessing element kind of makes it less fun for me. Yeah, you just like to know a word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless the word Sometimes is. he just reads the dictionary and, <laughs> and has fun with it. <laughs> you well, that's why I like Star. That's why I like Hank McCoy, obviously. 
<laughs> walking with the Thoris. <laughs> I thought he was a blue person. Hey, can be both. That was a joke. Cause, no, 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 anyway, never mind. Ed Spielers, the guy that played... That was the Jack, joke. That was the joke. Uh, Ed Spielers has recently been in the press talking about the Picard season three post-scene. I had to get the right numbers there. The Picard season three post-credit scene where... Because I don't think we've Ooh. spoken about this yet. Where Q... Yeah, him off, talking about the Avengers initiative. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> Q turns up as... <laughs> turns up and Jack, you know, Jack Crush is sitting there on a donut eating donuts in his Iron Man suit or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, two turns up and says, ah, your journey is only just beginning as in the end of freaking uh, all good things. But uh, Ed Spielers has been pretty much uh, on record as to say that, yeah, he didn't know that was going to happen. He just handed a script. Um, but he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do more stuff as Jack Crusher, obviously, because actor wants money. Um, yes. <laughs> it's always the thing. Oddly. Crazy. With, with that. But how, the one thing that always gets me about that post-credit, and the, my, my reason for bringing this up is, season two of Picard made a huge point of saying, yeah, yeah. Q's dead. Q died. He made his yeah, peace with yeah. Picard. And then season three turns up and i know he turns up and even says ha you think in such three-dimensional terms and you know things like that but still i want that to be the uh the go-to explanation for whenever something doesn't make sense in star trek yeah. like because it explains the whole ball queen thing the, the q thing it's like hey that doesn't make any sense for canon you think in such three-dimensional terms like, hey, this directly concludes the scene I watched last season. You think in such three-dimensional terms. <laughs> this episode was badly written. You think in such three-dimensional terms. <laughs> Shy. Yes, Otto. I'm sorry, when you hit unmute, I'm just like waiting for some goodness <laughs> to come flowing oh, forth. No, no. You see, you're no, sitting no, no. there. What more goodness do you need? Well, I, I was going to argue in favor of, of course, you know, of course, Q should exist non-linearly. You know, the complete. It's not linear. In fact, maybe yeah, not Q's interactions with Picard's son is why Q feels the need to come back and sort of spend the end of his life with Picard in season two. They killed Picard and immediately resurrected him. So why shouldn't they be able to do it with well, Q? That's true. Like we can rebuild. And him. Q wasn't even human, presumably. So hold on, are, are they ever well, going to do like a big? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Are they ever going to do a big Q like reveal twist where we either find out what the magic is or the technology or whatever? Because no, I know, I know, I know it works better without it, but that doesn't mean that they won't do it anyways. Because they, I hope that John Delancey do it all is dead by that point. Because then at least I, would, I can be like, eh, it wasn't the Q. Because guess what? It would ruin it, and I think he mm. also knows that it would ruin it. There was a conversation recently I was reading about the whole Continental, which is the spin-off, the series spin-off of the John Wick universe, yeah. and people said how they're just over-explaining the whole, you know, the fun fact about the first John Wick film is how the whole Continental and the gold coins thing was just, is very mysterious and added to the mythos about how alien all this, all this Hitman stuff The question works. is more interesting than the answer. Exactly, and like, and then they just over-explained it, and that's kind of where people got lost on it, and I kind of think, yeah, that's the same with maybe Q, it's like, they just kind of go like, yeah, they're just some extra dimensional beings that have the odd squabble here and there and Q is, seems to be a bit of an outlier with the with I, you know, I'm more interested in Q as John Delancey's Q as a character being the kind of well, the exactly, rogue yeah. renegade from the Q continuum because he always seems to be going against them that's that's more interesting than sort of you know seeing how the sausage is made or seeing how the deck yeah. is built 
<laughs> no, so yeah, I, I may have phrased that wrong, but it's like I think that John Delancey is, is, is very in tune with the character and like understands the he appeal because, like, well, yeah, he is like he is like ninety. Yeah. Hugh is like yeah, ninety percent John Delancey and ten percent script, um, mm. and that can vary depending on how good the script is. Mm, um, Hugh is uh, you got to throw in a few percentages for Trelane because even Delancey admits that it's uh, oh, basically yeah, yeah, Trelane yeah. in the future. Yeah, totally. Um, but it's like... Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but it's like, I can't think of an easy way to ruin the character, because why does it matter who he was or what the cue Hold on. Were? The, the, the yeah. question is not, is it a good idea? It's, do you think they'll do it at some point? Probably. Oh, probably will, yeah. Um, well, it's like, it's like explaining, that. It's like they, explaining the ball. Well, they've stayed away from well. the ball. I was about to say, they've stayed away from doing that. Well, the books did it, but... They still haven't um, done it. Well, yeah, the books are trash. They don't matter. They matter when someone says they matter. <laughs> Some of them are good. To be fair, the book, the Borg origin in the books is pretty decent. But yeah, I, think, I don't want them to. It's tap interesting. That yeah. yeah. Oh, I hate I hate when they try to quantify the Borg origin. Yeah, it's awful. It's well, terrible. I thought that the version in Legacy was pretty decent, where it was uh, related to Vija. You know, where it was yeah, related to oh, Vija yeah, and yeah, the machine, that. living machines. I thought it was fine. I, thought I it was hate when it's a Vija connection. Oh, it's <laughs> control. Oh, it's it's the it's the well, well control. Yeah, but I think the Vija, the fact that like you know, learn all that is learnable, living machines. Like I think it's an interesting idea. Well, uh, unfortunately, it's, like, that's, it's quite non canon. That's also Stephen Collins adjacent. So let's just scrap that idea completely. <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah, it's TMP adjacent. Scrap it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, I was very about. careful in choosing things. I didn't want yeah, to insult Yeah, you were careful. I pulled those right in. <laughs> it's perfectly cromulent film. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I feel like part of the problem is that like the Borg and the Q are such incredibly like potent sci-fi archetypes. Like it's like, the cyborg, literally the ball. Yeah, the Q. It's like, well, what is the Q? Well, it's something so unknowable that you can only call it by a random letter of the alphabet that has nothing to do with the actual concepts. Like, the idea of trying to quantify that like, kind of misses the point. They're not meant to be specific. They are archetypes. That is what science fiction is about. It's about exploring ideas, not always specifics. And it's like specifics is for character writing and for like when you want to do like alternate history fiction or all these things. But it's like for sci-fi. So, like, like, like keeping it specific can be very, very good, or it can be very, very bad. I think that yeah, going into those origins would be an awful idea. <laughs> like they did a lot of damage to the Borg over the years, because there was a time no. when they were legitimately scary, and these days it just feels like they're reduced to the Queen. So it's like all of Starfleet versus like the Queen, and that's it. It doesn't feel like they're an implacable foe, like legions yeah. hordes of, of faceless, nameless enemies. So I think I, think I wish yeah. they if if they are going to do more on that, I wish they'd you know pull yeah. back the clock a bit to when it was that, and and not worry about face to face conversations. I do. I don't. Well, I think the, the problem is. Sorry, I don't. I don't mind the Queen side of things. I think that, that's interesting, and that can kind of give you hints to an origin that maybe she was the progenitor or some sort of Davros to the the Daleks kind of situation. But I, I, I kind of. When, where it fell apart for me is how in maybe in Picard, like with season three especially, and like how easy they are now to kind of defeat. Like Voyager oh, yeah. took down a transport network and all of a sudden they're crippled. Like this is an, a, an alien, a, a race of beings that assimilate to 
perfect, that search perfection. They've got to have a backup. They're not completely wiped out from the Delta Quadrant. And then all of a sudden in Picard Season 3, they're pretty much immobilized. Janeway takes them out. A, a, a few ball cubes are just, you know, knocked out here and there just from Photon. They've lost the mystique by being easy to make actionable scenes. Well, well, the I problem is actually, that, like, well, here you go. Here you go. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like, that's the cue description of humanity, right? Mm. Humanity is just advancing at this pace, uh, unheard of before in in the universe, apparently, and that's why the cue is so concerned about humanity. So when humanity first encounters it, Borg is like, "Oh, you're not prepared for this," but you know, give us a few decades, and you know, we'll wipe out and we'll commit genocide mm. on any uh, species we encounter because. <laughs> Because you hate humanity, right? Yeah. Damn, Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking actually, of genocide. I like, yeah. the, I like the Borg as this menacing. Like, there's, it's been a long time since we've seen... Like, it was close with the Borg cube in Jupiter, like, as it rises out. But has it been a long time since we've seen a Borg cube and gone, oh, shit. Like, it, like, it seemed in Voyager. Well, I think Prodigy came the closest. Yeah. I, I, you know, when you watch Scorpion, or is it Scorpion? Yeah. And you just see them get overtaken by a huge fleet of ball cubes, and you're just like, oh my God, they're in so much trouble. Like, you're generally fearful that someone is going to die. And yeah. it kind of gets a bit. Well, it gets what well, The problem is, is that, like, you, you write yourself into these, like, uh, into these corners where it's like, cool, well, I've created a implacable race of cybernetic organisms who can't be reasoned with, and they adapt to all weaknesses. Cool. How many stories can I tell with this race? Yeah. Five, maybe. How many times can I write and then we come across? Like you start well, running but... out of of because it's like cool. We did um, you know, conventional weaponry doesn't work. Okay, mm. cool. We tried uh, self destruct command through power, like you know, in like, best both worlds. Cool, great, innovative way of doing it. And then like you know, I Borg kind of skirts around the issue by just talking about you know, the Borg as an individual versus the collective. Fine. And then you start getting into Descent, and it's like, cool, these aren't really Borg. They're like Renegades. It's more about Data and Hugh and uh, about Law. And then Voyager comes along, and that's when it really starts to be like, cool, we can just kill a sphere by beaming on a photo torpedo, which kind of like, ruins no, the, the narrative. But like, no, You say there's no stories in it. I think they can be used not as pint, part of the story, but as part of the the threat or the antagonism I mean, like seeing seeing a ball cube looming on the horizon can add tension without actually doing anything like it can be the chase like the nebula scenes in best of both worlds the cube is out there you don't see it like you just know it's there yeah. but it's fueling the tension for the scene i think there's definitely moments like that that can be used like as an unfathomable, unfathomable enemy like and i think back to classic sci-fi concepts like an arthur c Clarke's rama like rama this big un unknowable thing the first book is amazing the later books fall short because they explain too much but having this great unknowable entity that they're exploring without really fully developing it adds a lot of tension but it's the characters that feel the moments well i yeah. thought season one of picard actually did that very well with the artifact because it was just mm. like this sleeping elephant right and you yeah. the whole time you're like when when is it going to wake up when are they going to lash out and well yeah and it was also an interesting look at the post-assimilation rehabilitation i thought that was a really interesting tact to take but like because he's one actually has a lot in there to unpack when you kind of look past the worst the, the worst parts of it um, i do really i did really like season one too like yeah. i don't it seems to get lumped in with, with season two just because yeah. of the big yeah. tone it's, shift it's, it's between two and three, yeah. but it really it is really it's a three chapter series so yeah, exactly. And it's like like season one I think is easily a lot stronger than people give it credit for just because it falls short at the end. Um and I feel like if you were gonna try and make the ball threatening again, I feel like you can't make it big. You can't make it a fleet wide threat, you mm. can't make it the end yeah. of the Federation. 
I would want them to take the tack that they did with Prey, like the new Predator movie, where it's like, I want to see one character try and deal with one ball drone on like an isolated ship hmm. and they have to scrabble. I want arena kind of, yeah. um, but dial up the body horror. Now that we can do it on streaming services. I want to see like this ball drone, like cutting people to pieces and adding them to itself, becoming this <laughs> awful gestalt of technology and like dial into the Cronenberg esque aspect while like, you know, the, the human character or whatever the main character is that, the drone would be piece. moving at the same speed as the Arena Gorn too, which makes it hilarious. <laughs> this is, this is yeah, but the thing is, you can exactly sell that Terminator. with the Borg. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm describing Terminator, but like, also Prey. Like, I, I would want to see like stuff like the scene where um, I don't know if you guys seen. I, I'm sure I've seen Prey, but there's an awesome scene where um, the main character is watching um the shimmering figure in the river, and then it like a, a bear comes along and it kills the bear and then holds it up and lets the blood flow over it while the invincibility is like inactive. So all you see is this like blood red figure that you is like you know, completely shrouded. And it's like, that's what the fuck is it doing? That's so ridiculously crazy and like mm. visually compelling. Doing something like that with a damaged Borg drone that's trying to like you know, keep itself going, that's way more interesting as a threat and a character piece and an actual. But only like, if, uh, uh, what does this look like? Yeah. Only if Tony Todd is playing the Borg. <laughs> I'm, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get a big Candyman with it. Why not? Mm. Fuck it. You know, do you do Candyman but with like nanites? Fuck it. <laughs> well, I mean, Picard season three tried tried to do the evolution, right? Like yeah, they they well. were like the, the Borg just look look like us now. It, it's just a. Yeah sub-genetic... Yeah, but I think we, we skipped from the T... We didn't get the T-800, we skipped straight to the T-1000 and the TX yeah. is the problem. Yeah. But the one high point Star Trek. Of... Oh, sorry, Tom. Yeah. Star Trek at its best and at its core is always uh, an explanation of why humanity is great. And so the mm. reason the Borg work as an opponent is because in a lot of senses they're antithetical to humanity's strengths, individuality mm. and creativity. And, and yeah. like Worf says in Best of Both Worlds, the Borg have neither honor nor courage. That is our greatest asset. Um, mm. So, you know, the stories you do with him, with them, is it's easy to highlight humanity's strengths. Uh, yeah. And, and they may have to get, writers may have to get a little more clever in how humans overcome the Borg, but that... I think that's still worth it because they are such a great uh, opponent mm. to have around. But if you don't want to make them threatening again, you can go big. Let them win. Let them assimilate Earth. Fuck. Scatter scatter humanity. And then you have seasons and series of material there where you have to develop that as like the main storyline. Mm. God, could you imagine if they did that? Wow. Yeah, like, do like a post-discovery thing. Yeah. You, know you what? can't no, say that. You can't say between. humanity... You can't say humanity would never bounce back from it. Oh, God, like no, you no, could no. still have that big life universe changing event and then go into telling stories after that. That wouldn't you know what? necessarily really end cool. things. If you had you like um like the, the 26th or 27th century like in between, you know, the end of like, you know, all the TNG era stuff and in between discovery and it's like that if you just set that story in the middle of this like cool earth loses we you know the federation gets assimilated or whatever. And it's like, cool, we know for a fact that it'll be fine because we've seen what that endpoint looks like, but that gives you so much time. Okay, how the fuck are we going to fix this? Right. They say in Discovery that we haven't heard from the Borg in a while, so, it, you know, there's got to be a story. There was well, like a little story hit yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, there's definitely potential there. But like you say, Otto, I think the writer does need to be a bit more creative about it. I think I'd also I'd like to see more creative creativity in series structures like how many times have we done a ship and then we follow the crew in the ship or a space station or something if if they assimilate earth and people are scattered to the winds you have a lot more introduction to types of storytelling to introducing and then pulling away characters that that would come and go and i i think would just really spice things up i think this series already exists and it was called battlestar galactica also d space nine but that's what was, I was going to say. Well, that's what's good about DS9 is because although it's set on a station, it is set on different stories. But I think you're right. I mean, my dream series is have Space Dock 1, the series, or like the one that's hanging over Earth, because you can tell so many mm. stories there about, and depending on what series you set it in, you could probably set it in post 25th century or whatever. Uh, and you just mm. have this story of like, you know, you have the ambassadors, you have the Babylon 5 angle with all the traders, like the DS9 angle as well. Um, you have like people going off to different planets and different starships dealing with rogue starfleet captains you can pretty much tell tell every story from the focus mm. of the the hub of earth from the presidency like west wing style like a west wing style star trek series holy shit give that to me all right as, as long as we're doing fantasy booking do we ever get to the point where humans have the option to permanently eradicate the borg but what holds them back is they have to admit to themselves am i destroying a race by doing this that's or my I Borg is literally that story. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, but they didn't actually end the Borg there, so. No, no, that's true. Is that, still a, yeah. um, like, is that a compelling story, or is it just like. So, yes, because they, uh, Doctor Who did that story back Genesis in the 70s. Daleks, it was called yeah. Genesis of the Daleks, yeah. yeah. Where, like, the main character literally is holding a fuse, and it's like, do I have the right to touch these two wires together and end this race forever, even though they are one of the most evil, despicable things in the world? It's like. Now, in that story, they kind of pussyfoot around it by having him say, yeah, no, for all the bad they do, yeah, there's something good is going to happen. And it's like, it's a bit of a lip le- le- resolution, but the idea is not wrong. And I think you're quite right, Otto, that you could make a very compelling story out of that. Now, what am I... Now, you talk. I think, I think people are just... The writers and directors, they're just scared of, of, of ending a thread. Like, yeah. I think yeah. it's okay to just completely remove a race and say, okay, we're not going to ever see them again. And they're terrified of that because they always want to have, well, what if we bring them back? What if there are more stories and this and that? I th- you can you can add infinitely new, more different people and races and all that stuff. It's okay to just end one. It would be a nice little surprise as long as you're not doing it every other week, like killing people off and in yeah. popular, you know, <laughs> dramas. Then three, it's okay which, to do it once in a while. Which minor character are we going to kill this week? Is it Rose? <laughs> is it Shelby? You decide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Rose, not a minor character. How dare oh, you? Sorry, sorry. Do apologize. Yeah. She's been in at least 10 episodes. Um. <laughs> I can't even tell you. I was so happy to see her. And then, like, yeah. as soon as she got in that shuttle, I'm like, fuck, they're going to do it, yeah. aren't they? Hey, guess what? Don't get into shuttles in Star Trek. It's a bad idea. Didn't see a body. Never saw a body. Well, there was that apparently. <laughs> guess what? There was apparently a scene that was going to exist where it was revealed she was alive. So, guess what? Just imagine that's your head cannon. It's fine. Yeah. Moving on. Anyway. Do we have more news or should we just talk we about do. the Borg for No, we do. Hour? We do. You guys like Kid Cootie? Kid Cuddy? Cootie? I don't know how you say it. Uh, I think I remember them doing a song for um, Spider-Verse, actually. I think I quite like that song. Yeah. Let me check. 
Yeah. Um, he's a oh yeah, and they they dish collabed on um, a Taylor Swift song. I love that song. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Actually, on incidentally, there's a lot of Taylor Swift talk about going around, and I'm not a pop person myself. But I decided, well, I'll try and listen to some, and then I've listened to about three tracks of it. Nope, that's pop. I don't like that. Um, okay, anyway. but what did you listen to? I have to know. I can't remember what was on the, on the top of Spotify, and I just went down from there. Because guess what? Antihero, <laughs> fucking bop. Blank Space, incredible. Gorgeous is a fucking banger. Um, like I can, I can keep was on going. Carmen, paper rings, I actually really love. <laughs> like paper rings, I actually really love. Um, that entire album is really, really good. Like American, uh, Miss American, and the uh, Love Break Prince. I love that. Yeah, but is it as good um, as I'm Ready from Subspace Rhapsody? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Look, I'll just because you're not in like tune with like your inner teenage girl doesn't mean we all aren't. Uh, I lost her a long time ago. <laughs> Look, hi. Anyway, it's anyway, me. I'm anyway, the problem. It's me. Kid, Kid Cooney, uh is collaborating with Paramount from as part of Star Trek Day. Um, they're teaming, teaming okay. up for a Boldly Bee campaign, which will happen this October. There is apparently uh, the collaboration includes Kid Cooney's unique. I apologise. Am I saying that correctly? I assume I am. I'm just writing it. I've, I've never heard or listened to the artist before. Not no, look, I'm going to let this stand. I, I think this, this, this is great. <laughs> no one correct him. Let him be wrong with confidence. Tell me what it is. Look, Walkerning. I am indeed a Swifty. You can blame my boyfriend. <laughs> Anyway, they're doing a collaboration wow, look at him. Look at him try. <laughs> that reflects the optimistic <laughs> and inclusive spirit of adventure, discovery, imagination, and most importantly, hope at the heart of the cultural phenomenon. Uh, I am going to assume that there is going to be a it doesn't quite um, tell what there is going to be. There's going to be a song, there's going to be an interactive gaming component and a bold fashion collaboration. There seems to be a weird thing that Star Trek has never kind of done before. I mean, I'm not saying that musicians haven't had relationships with Star Trek, but this seems to be a very strange mix of an artist doing things, probably because he's a massive Trekkie, because it sounds like he is. Um, but I'm kind of struggling to see... Is, you mean is this, Kid Cutie? Is this the thing that that they're saying, like, right, we need to get the normals in. Let's do it with someone that's popular. I mean, they've got to try, right? Well, they do. Oh, I don't want the normals in our genre. Really get, out of, get out of here. Only, only real fans allowed, please. Yeah. But would you buy... Like, is this Paramount saying we're going to make uniforms? Because they're talking about clothing, and there is a picture on the website of uh, said Kid C... Udi. God. <laughs> <laughs> You've just given up, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit. In, in the uniform. Is this the way of saying, like, hi, we're going to do some fashion. Actually put out some fucking uniforms you can buy that aren't on eBay, that aren't um, Cozumar, Uh You can buy from, you know. Is this actually going to do some proper goddamn merch for once? Maybe they really like, Do you have any... Uh, yeah, maybe they realized they sold like a hundred thousand of the Picard jacket. Sure. <laughs> uh... Like, wait, people want these? Why would they want these? People yeah. wear them. <laughs> they can't wear merchandising. Them out. Merchandising. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Mel Brooks got what... it right. Yeah. They conned on to what the X-Men comics realized like two or three years ago where they started like doing their own in-universe version of the Met Gala and they would do all these variants of the comics that you could buy that it would just, look, this character is a really snazzy outfit. And it's like, guess what? They made a fucking mint doing that. And now Star Trek is like, yeah, we can do that. And it's like, yeah. 
I know. I think Star Trek can be fashionable enough, especially nowadays. Like all the work with like um, in Stranger Worlds and Discovery with all their fucking gorgeous costuming. Yeah, they're fashionable enough that you could probably get away with it. Mm-hmm. Do you have a life-size beast doll? Not life-sized. Do you want to see my biggest one? Beast doll. We're right? still talking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Give me a second. Oh. <laughs> like he has to turn the camera off to get it. <laughs> like there's some sort of ritual. No, uh, you don't want to know where. Yeah, you, you don't it. know where this has come from. <laughs> you don't know what they're covered in. <laughs> Jesus. No, I, I I unsarcastically don't want normies in Star Trek because I like hardcore, nerdy, cheesy sci-fi Star Trek, and I'm afraid that we're going to get less of that well, as I, they try to mass market it. Do you know what? I, I like talking with Star Trek with other people that are on a kind of equal level of Star Trek nerd them as me. I kind of like when people go, I watched the Star Trek episode, and then like, yeah, what one? <laughs> like, it's, it's hard to Okay, like, I, I have to point out, you guys are... Weird. Okay, here's the thing. Maybe this is because, like, I I went through a similar thing with um, Brody and Marie here, which is like they passively liked, you know, like certain like comic book movies and certain like this and that. Um, and then I was like, cool. Do you want some recommendations on getting started with comics? And they were like, yes. And then I gave them some recommendations, and they went out and read them, and they were like, wow, I really like this character. I really like this concept or this mm. team or this thing. Can I get more? And it's like. While I understand, yes, like Star Trek is the special nerd thing that we all like knowing did the you, most about. Did you have a little 1950s jingle in the background? Do, 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 and like, yes, you, sir, can get more Star Trek at these locations. <laughs> I mean, actually, like, guess what? It's like, it's our role to be the yeah, ambassador you, you are right, for Star you Trek. Are to right. actually yeah. reach out and be like, oh, so you watch Star Trek? Which one? Oh, you, you should, if you liked this, you should watch more of this. I think in my life, I'm, I've always been the delineation between like, oh, you're either a sci-fi fan, oh my god, or oh my god, why are you watching that nerdy shit? Which is where my wife falls. She's just like, you want to come watch this Star Trek? Mm. She's like, fuck no. <laughs> and walks away. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's fine. That's I also have to point out, <laughs> like, you know, the casualization of Star Trek, quote unquote, is what gave us Strangely Well Season 2. Like, mm. that is the easily most, like, you know, casually approachable season of Star Trek they've ever done, where it's like, you know, there's musicals and there's, like, a funny rom-com episode. And it's like, and yet it also gave us Under the Cloak of War. Like, mm. you can be more accessible without having to sacrifice what your franchise is about. Well, but if you don't like, uh, they did, like, eight different kind of big, huge genre shifts in 10 episodes and if you don't like mm. a lot of that well then you just got like a three episode season so in a sense it is sacrificing the it's... amount of of classic star trek that you're getting so like, I've lived... i do, i'm not saying I, i'm not saying i don't want people to not find and like star trek of course i do i just don't want the people producing star trek to change what i like about it to mm. appeal to other people who don't currently like it and probably wouldn't even if they sat mm. down and watched it i think it's it. because years and years and years i've lived with this stigma of being oh, into that nerdy shit and like i've kind of taken that to sort of i've internalized it almost of like right this is my thing like this is and it's it, I, i've kept it to, to myself red thank alarm, you red alarm essentially tr9 thank you for following you know and like especially now with star wars fandom and like geekdom in general within the last 10 years is now more socially acceptable it's hard to kind of let go of that kind of like no, this is my this is now mine i've had to internalize this and make this mine because no one else had it and no one else wanted to share it with me and now i'm you guys are into this stuff now is yeah it's it's weird it's 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 a weird thing it's it's a me thing mostly but and i mean no it's i like sharing thing. things <laughs> yeah i mean 
that that sentiment, which I think you're aware of and sort of mm. work through, is the sentiment that causes a lot of gatekeeping of the fandom, right? You are right. And yeah. I had to suffer through the obscurity of this franchise, so now you have to pass my three tests <laughs> to enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But yeah, the more the merrier. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't think that, like, I don't know. I, I think the Strange New World season two, I think, is an, is an excellent example of like, yeah, there was some random like, like like genre shifts, but I think the majority of the season, I would say, is still very Star Trek. Yeah, I'd like to do. Like, a I don't think it ever lost its identity. I would like to show people like, um, you know, Caldos four episode, Sub Rosa, and um, Angel one do and <laughs> Last do Outpost. And Dude, Jack Angel X. one is a banger. Don't even start with me. <laughs> that is such a good episode. <laughs> And Charlie X, and then just go like. It is not my function so... to seduce or be seduced by heads of state. Okay, I will... <laughs> is that what you told the girl on the beach today? <laughs> yeah. All right, we said we weren't going was... to discuss it on air. I was right? thinking about making that crack, but I wasn't because I wasn't going to go there. And then the idol did. All right, all gloves are off, idol. You oh, want shit. you want your hands? Let's throw oh, hands. No. Oh no. Anyway. Kid Cootie, he's making a thing with some Star Trek stuff. cairo <laughs> <laughs> has got the right idea. The fashion line should have the Agent One outfit. Oh, yeah. No one's got chest hair like that anymore. Free, hashtag free the nipple. Right? <laughs> hashtag free trend. Okay. We like Star Trek games, don't we? We do. I love Star Trek games. 90% of our, well, 50% of our content is Star Trek games because um, we can't run timelines talks every week anymore. 90% of the time, <laughs> it's 50% of the content. <laughs> Star Trek Infinite, the Stellaris clone with a Star Trek skin, is releasing on October the 12th. Very, very, very soon. A lot quicker than I thought, yeah. Yeah, that's coming up real soon. I mean, to be fair, they didn't have to do a lot of work to it. But. Um, it is coming up fairly soon. I have. I like you saying that because every interview you read with them, it's like they say it's not Stellaris, and then you look at it and it's Stellaris, it's and they're like, oh, it's Stellaris. Not Stellaris. And if you played the New Horizons mod or the New Civilizations mods for or the Star Trek mods for Stellaris, it's pretty much looking very similar. However, I will give kudos where kudos is is made. They have been faithful. You to mean the kid kudos? Kid kudos. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'll never live in that down. <laughs> Hey Idol, do you need a do you need a kid cuddle? Oh, I do, I really do. Um I forgot what I was gonna say now. The entire Klingon language is modelled in the game. They're all the dialogue and I imagine cool. there's gonna be some yeah, it's gonna be some good awesome. There's a lot of decision making. Um, the for those that don't know, this is a what's called a forex game, which is kind of like civilization, or if you have played Solaris, look at that, or like Age of Empires. Not quite Age of Empires, but a bit more big world than that. But you're maybe a little bit birth of the federation, but in real time. Real time those, strategy. Yeah, real time strategy dealing with galactic empires and you can is play it turn based or real time? It's real time. So you can play as okay. the Federation, the Cardassians, the Romulans, or the Klingons. I'm going to assume that because it's a paradox game, they're going to introduce a ton of DLC where you can then play as various other mm. races, uh, probably the Temerians, the Borg, the uh, the Dominion, the... Why did How did you go to Tamarians first know, out of all the races <laughs> in Star Trek? I think because you wouldn't stop talking about them in uh, Star Trek Armada. That's right. Yes. Shaco in the walls fell. Idol. His pants tented. <laughs> hey i'm not some vj yeah don't get me started um there that's coming out october the 12th it looks You've like it's <laughs> 
Um, Look, idols oath of celibacy is on record. And, uh, well, anyway, I've had two children, so we don't know those kids are yours. <laughs> You've had them. I've had. Have you even met them yet? <laughs> <laughs> It's not a Michael Bublé song, come on, I'm not going to start singing just now, I met you, no, okay, um, <laughs> I need to stop talking because you guys are hooking on that too much, um, this is coming out October 12th, uh, it's, uh, if you play Solaris you know the themes, but if you pre-order, I do not encourage anyone to pre-order anything because pre-ordering games is the devil, um, because you never know if you're going to be sold uh, a sack of oh, shit. But, but if you do, you will get the USS Cerritos uh, as part of your armada that you can have. Yeah, it can go in your ship lineup. Uh, a bit weird, yeah, a little bit odd. Also, lower decks uniform options to put on your crew or your figure of state. You know, your crew you put on ships as advisors and generals. Uh, there is also a right. Klingon, the Klingon voiceover pack, which um, I mentioned earlier. There's also soundtrack, art books, and music DLC. The usual kind of stuff you get. It is now. This is all kind of stuff that you can usually buy after the game has been released, and they're like, you know, we're not getting pre-order money anymore. They'll release it afterwards. Well, you say that. The only thing that makes me think they won't do is because it's Paradox. And Paradox tend to release everything as lots of minute deals. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, you know, sorry, I remember what you're saying. Like, yeah, guess what? Saying... Yeah, no, no, they will release it after once the pre-order money yeah. is dried up. I thought you meant they were, they were going to do like, some massive, behind. like... They'll actually nickel and dime for everything afterwards. Yeah. No, totally. It looks interesting. It looks like you're going to be able to sort of... Uh, unlike Solaris, which is very sort of grand strategy, you create your own race and kind of go out from there. This seems like it's going to be focused more on choices you make as your uh assigned race of how to deal with specific situations in the star trek universe and you can sort of uh focus your civil rather than focusing your civilization down a certain tact like for example in solaris with the federation mod you could turn them into a bunch of racist bigots and go that way and declare war and everyone seems universe, to be. Yeah. yeah exactly this means you could actually you, you stay true to the form and like the romulans like birth of the federation the romulans and cardassians are going to be shifty bastards the klingons are going to be warmongers and the federation is going to be like i'm going to assimilate you in my own way uh and that way in my own way. In my own way. We're going to be friends and we're going to work together as long as you do what we tell you to. Dude, <laughs> you're you're, you're just... actually making me want to play Birth of the Federation again. So. We, should, you keep, we, we should do Birth You should play Birth of the Federation now. We've spoken about that before. We absolutely should do that. So that is coming out on October... Say October the 12th, I did. Something around there. Also... Star Trek Online has a new campaign out. It is still going. It is going on to its how many years now? 13th year? 12th year? Something like that. Star oh. Trek Online is still a threat. It is still happening. And the newest campaign introduces Captain Kim of the USS Rhode Island. He did get <laughs> Oh, that's that. how you know it's not canon. <laughs> that's how it does. Um, the... There is a new campaign called Insurgents, which involves the Tholians, a Reality Vortex, Starbase One, and a Borg. You know, the crazy shit that Star Trek Online does. We've de I've been doing Always. some playthroughs. Go and watch it if you want to see how absolutely balls to the walls that is. Mm. However, there is now, and this is not expected, there is now a Prodigy lockbox. The lockbox being... Um, Star Trek Proto Online's Star. way of spending lots of money and hopefully getting the thing you want. But you can actually get the uh, Proto Star Class Starship in there. Cool. And on top of that... If you've ever played Star Trek Online, you go to Earth Space Dock and you look out the view screen, there's usually assembled starships. They've now put the Proto Star front and center in that view screen, which is them saying, cool. 
save Star Trek Prodigy. It's basically, you know, cryptic going like, That's no, cool. no, no, Paramount, you've made a massive fucking mistake by cancelling this. Yes. yes we want have. it back. We all love it. And apparently it's, it's everyone's going nuts to the Proto Star, like whether it's a good ship or not, people want it because it's a, it is a cool looking ship. I love ship. it. I think it's a great ship. I think it's a really cool evolution of the Star Trek design ethos. Um, mm. Idol, I haven't looked at the show notes because I'm lazy. Can you tell me if you have anything about the tabletop stuff in there? Because there is a Ooh. new release that I think I should let everyone know about. No, please do go on about that. So, in, in keeping with the celebrating of 50 years of Star Trek the Animated Series, you can now buy the Animated Series Supplemental Guide for Modifius SDA, which includes nine player character sheets for the name bridge crew, including series newcomers Lieutenant Arix and Lieutenant oh, Moretz. Yeah, yeah. Um, ten NPCs representing a variety of Starfleet officers usable in your game. Five new player character life path options, including Aquan, uh, Kazinti, Pandronian, Philosian, and Score. Um, oh you can also have a variety of space frames and unique starships, including the Aqua Shuttle, the Romulan Stormbird, and Kukul Khan's starship. Ten NPCs, including Harry Mudd, Sereno Jones, and Giant Spock. Is there is there a guide for having the inflatable Star Trek Enterprise, uh, Starship Enterprise? I would not be surprised. That would be amazing. I need, we need to deploy that. On I'm glad to buy it, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to be buying it at the moment I get paid. But I had to let you guys know there will be there is a TAS supplement if you want to live out oh. the the series that you never got. It's we've there. Not, we've not done many TOS adventures, have we? Because we think we did the one, didn't we? Uh, we did the one where, like, Shy was Kirk and made us all look like fools because he was so yeah. ridiculously handsome and cool. I mean, that's most streams. <laughs> I, sure. I don't recall that campaign. <laughs> I recall you arguing, arguing with a computer. That was, like, the most, like, Kirk thing you could have possibly done. <laughs> I recall a campaign where we were sent to protect a new uh, sentient life that we found, and I immediately destroyed the first possibly sentient computer that... <laughs> <laughs> that's what i recall again most kirk thing possible <laughs> no that'd be cool i, l I look forward Come to that oh. shoot the kill shoot the kill for those who want to know we are currently in the middle of a star trek adventures campaign we'll be doing one sunday actually we'll be doing the fourth part of that yes. it's been sunday a, sunday sunday it's been a very fun campaign i've been more front and center for it than i thought I'll i would as a player character i need to back off a little bit on the next one the xo i know the XO. but i've been in getting into all sorts of shenanigans um also, final final bit of news for this week. Uh, do you guys still listen to the Delta Flyers? Um, have you been catching up? Have you listened to? I've fallen of their stuff? off. Yeah, I fell off as well. There, once the writer strike is, or the writers and the actor strike is over, there will be a new series of the Delta Flyers. You think they're going to stop after covering all of Voyager? Oh no, they are now going to be joined by Terry Farrell and Armin Shiverman are joining Garrett Wong and uh, Robbie uh, McNeil. That's good value. Um, that's to, good to, to value. go through Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And actually, that's the thing that makes me go, yeah, I might pick this up again because obviously DS9 yeah. is like my favorite series. Guess what? Like Armin and Terry, like that's a fucking power. Like, the only way it could have been better if you'd gotten a Nan, um, nah, Nana Visitor rather. But I like, imagine fucking, they'll, nah. I imagine yeah. they'll get some drop-ins. I mean, like the, the oh, success yeah, of Shuttle Pod One is, you know. Mm. You mean the success of Trek Time? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we started. Trek, 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 Trek. We started before they did. All right. Did we start before? Mm. No, we did start. Well, when we did no, Trek, I'm thinking Trek no, before... the no the shuttle pod show. We were we were. Oh yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Mm. We did I don't think we, we predate the Delta Flyers, but we we predate yeah. the Delta Flyers doing old. as a podcast, but not we doing were, individual episodes. We we did we just we were Trek college Trek. roommates with the Delta Flyers, and they stole that <laughs> idea from us. <laughs> Along with Napster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Facebook, yeah. 
that's an Italian job joke, yeah. in case you guys don't get the 2003 remake of the Italian job with uh, Marky that, Mark. Which was surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, it is, actually. I really like Don Southern in that. It's good. And Edward Norton. Anyway, yeah. um, enough Italian job talks. Cranky, no, they are joining full-time. They than are going to be doing full episodes well, no, of the Delphos. But... but sorry. <laughs> well, the answer to that question is always, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Armin mm. Schumerman has got to be in my top five Trek alum that I want to hear oh, talk so about cool. things. He's His so brain cool. is so much bigger than all of ours put together. What's because of Frankie Yeah, yeah. He's got no, lobes. No, I, Armin Schumerman, not 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 Quark, yeah, that's so. the joke. Um, but like, he's an amazing voice actor as well. He's such a prolific talent. He's so incredible. But enough about Shy. I was. Well, I was just saying there was. I was walking through an art gallery in upstate New York. And they just had all these, you know, interesting fabric reliefs of sort of abstract objects and found objects. And then just randomly, there was a bust of Armin <laughs> Shimmer in his cork in the middle of this gallery. I'm like, what? It was like Andy Warhol, like pop, like, you know, the different sort of shades, like did, the camel did you, soup. Did you get some answers? Did you talk to someone? No, it was closed. I was just looking through the window oh. at this gallery, like scanning. Wow. Like, what is that? Is that a cork head? Why is there a cork head on the floor? <laughs> Why isn't there a cork head on the floor? Did you spray it gold and kiss it? The brand Nagus is Look, if there isn't if there isn't a cork head, then you should be asking, where's the cork head? <laughs> is this some kind of bust? <laughs> is it part of a Romulan plot? A ploy to start a war. Indeed. Uh and that brings us to the end of all, to all our news. Oh, wow. And Oh, no, that's right, Shai. Yeah, bye, Shai. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, shit. It's all just gone. Nope, Shai's back. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I was going to say any further business, gentlemen, but you guys have already decided to leg it out into the great beyond. Wow, they 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 couldn't wait. I know, literally. Uh, yeah. Wow. No, it wasn't a well, I'm here for you, Idol. <laughs> I just missed the I just missed the mute button. <laughs> I thought it was just like, and that's all the news we've got today. And you're like, right, fuck it, I've got a deck to build. Fuck it, let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna do something new. We're gonna do. Where is it? I've got to find it. Hang on, hang on. This oh, also no. can't be here to see this. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. This is actually is a hair flip trigger, but I thought we'll do one anyway. I have here okay. from the Star Trek convention. Uh, uh, I have, I have, I bought the Star Trek encyclopedia, which goes up to. Uh, I think it goes up to. Did we first... say it was the end of Tears? Does it like not the end of Tears line, but like season five? Uh, no, not even that far. This goes up to uh, season uh, two of DS9, so it's before Voyage. Wow. Literally, literally, the opening paragraph says something along the lines of, and an upcoming starship, uh, upcoming Star Trek series with a female captain. Uh, so this is this is old. This is old, but this is this is something I had from my youth. And I hey, so um, idle. That that encyclopedia is about, about... This, long, this thick. It literally is. It's about this long and this thick. Couldn't be more right. Um, can someone in chat pick me a page number, please? And then we'll find an article and we'll see what it says. So, uh, first... bold of you to assume anyone in our audience is still, um, are still awake. Of course they are. <laughs> Look at Shai, he's up at 1669. Okay, page 69. Nice, nice of the... Nice. Okay, nice. Uh, now I need a number between... Thirty one and 13, please. Uh, seven. Seven, okay. Uh, one, uh, one, two. 
The Deadly Years, original series, episode 40, written by David P. Harmon, directed by Joseph Pevney. Star date 3478.2. Exposure to an unknown form of radiation causes Enterprise crew to age at an incredible rate. Now, this episode, wasn't this episode done twice? Because it was done on TNG with Pulaski, wasn't it? Uh, well, that's unnatural selection, yeah, but I think she's the only one who goes through it, whereas in um, TOS, I think it's, like, pretty much everyone. Like, I think Spock, Kirk, Uhura, and I know McCoy also all just get, get extremely old, but Chekhov is the only one who doesn't because mm. he was scared shitless. <laughs> you know, my fan series does a follow-up to that episode where oh, do they? Chekhov actually does age. Oh, so you can be played by Walker Koenig? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was See, played by Walter Koenig, yeah, yeah. All these times Shatner could have been in Star Trek by doing that. <laughs> all these years. Mm. Um, yeah. All these deadly years. All these deadly years. And on that wonderful oh, bombshell. Uh, we will see you soon. Alright, get out of here, Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> and on that note, my genius, it's almost frightening. Um, <laughs> Saturday, this Saturday, we will be joined by Mr. Stars Auto and Stars' very good friend Marie as we enter the Butter Zone. We will be tearing things like you have never seen before. We'll be tearing Pokemon starters and ice cream flavors. Oh my word. Yeah. So, for some context, like, you know how in TNG Season 1 you've got a conspiracy, right? And you've got that whole thing with, like, um, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Walker. And um, the whole thing of like, oh, you, you introduced um, Beverly and, and Jack together. Like, that is Marie for me. Like, Marie is my um, Walker Keel in wow. that, like, she's the one who introduced me to my boyfriend of like 10 years. So, if you are on that stream on Saturday and if you are mean to her, I will break your legs in every place that exists. No one's mean. No one here is going to be mean unnaturally. I'd have been mean to you for like the last like hour and a half. That's me though. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that better I be would different. Never be mean to someone. No one would be mean to anyone else. I am the butt of all the jokes here. <laughs> I do all the work and I get all the pain. Anyway, uh, that's Saturday. Sunday <laughs> is uh, part four of our Star Trek Adventure series. Which, uh, if you want to catch up, watch the last three episodes. They are up on YouTube. But I'm sure Stars will have a very long eight paragraph thing for me to read <laughs> at the start of the stream. They're getting uh, longer and longer, Idol. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they were great fun we had a great great time on the last one so uh then on wednesday join us for timelines talks 94 colon suncoast speaks as we're joined by the suncoast fleet uh as they invade the channel and give us their own things the saturday after that i want to uh, talk this one up a little bit we're gonna have a community games night for king of the castle if you've not seen our streams oh, yeah. previously the king fun. of the castle uh, I put a couple of links on our Discord. They're also one on the channel as well somewhere. Um, go watch those. It's a great, fun little community game. You don't need to install anything or do anything. Just turn up to the stream. You can vote through chat. I'll be the king running a kingdom, and you guys can be my council members and try and plot my overth uh, plot to overthrow me and various other decisions. It's a great lot of fun. It's going to be fun. So come join us that. We've got other things as well, including the Trexpert quiz is coming back, and it's got Star Trek uh, coming up in October for pros and cons. We're talking about starting talking about the award show uh, as well. We're starting to have early conversations about that. It's going to be fun. All sorts of things. Join the Discord. All that jazz. Um, I'm going to leave you with some reggae as well. Stars and Shy and Auto, wherever you've gone. 
thanks for joining us star shy thanks for joining us in the joy of the deck <laughs> i of hope course, course. next time we see it there's going to be a magnificent erection on there and uh pro hopefully one there will be and a tent and a tent absolutely <laughs> live long and prosper i'll see you guys later Ta-ra. Not really.